Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible class every Wednesday night and every Sunday morning. Wednesday night that's posted at 630 uh, Central Time here in the United States and on Sunday mornings at 930 in the morning. We want to do this to be able to provide good Bible teaching, sound teaching, to those who are not able to be with us in person at the church building or maybe with any congregation of the Lord's Church anywhere because of health issues or being shut in or whatever the restriction might be. But also to reach out to people who are searching, who are trying to learn God's word more and better so that they can have a better guideline for their lives. They're wanting to try to build their faith Faith comes by hearing the word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. We keep emphasizing that. So it is so key, so important for us to be in God's word. Now we know that there are people listening in other parts of this country, also literally around the world. And so we're thankful to have the ability, the opportunity, and the means to be able to spread God's word through the medium of these podcasts over the internet. We're thankful for that. Now if you are in the Omaha area, then we encourage you to come and be with us in person, if you can, if you have the ability, the opportunity. Our Bible classes on Wednesday evenings meet at 6.30 in the evening, and then on Sunday mornings at 9.30 for Sunday morning Bible class, followed by worship at 10.30. Our building is located at 3606 North 108th Street. We encourage you, as you listen to these studies each time, that you share them with everybody you can. Undoubtedly, you know people in your, in your life who need to grow in their faith. They need to think about their relationship with God and their soul's salvation. Help them along this line by sharing these studies with them all the time, with your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, literally everybody you can. Now, you can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, but we encourage you to make that commitment and start sharing with everybody you can on a regular basis. You might help somebody turn their life around. You might help somebody get to heaven. That'll be a great blessing for them and also a great blessing for you. We encourage you also to encourage everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Scroll down the home page to a podcast button, click on that, and sign up for our podcasting. And we always emphasize continually, we're not after people's wallets. We want to help people get to heaven. When you sign up for our podcasting, it's free, and it will always be free. And when you do that, you will receive to your smart device, whatever one you choose, your smartphone, computer, laptop, pad, tablet, whatever it might be, you'll automatically receive our Wednesday night Bible class, our Sunday morning Bible class, all of our sermons, and you will receive a I think a really wonderful, short, about a 13-minute Bible study every day that we call today's Bible class. And then you'll also receive our Monday through Friday radio program, Search the Scriptures. All of that will come to your smart device automatically, and it will always be free. And while you're at our website, you can download hundreds of sermons, and a great many of those are now posted in video format as well as audio. And you can also download and read through and study through hundreds of articles that are scripturally based and spiritually focused. All of that is there for your using to help you grow in your faith. 
and it's all, all free and always will be. So encourage everybody you can to take advantage of these tremendous resource, Bible study resource materials that are right there waiting for people to take advantage of. We encourage you to do that. We're going to get back into our study from 2 Peter. 2 Peter, as we have studied through the book of James and 1 Peter, we have continually noted that and emphasized that these are letters that are written to the to basically to guide the individual Christian in his personal Christian life. Now, do they have application to those who have yet to come to Christ? Absolutely, because they give us spiritual instruction as to how, what God's will is for our lives as we live it on a daily basis. And ultimately, they, they tell us how we can be with God for eternity and how much God loves us and how he guides us and wants to, wants to have us with him. He wants to forgive and so on. Well, Second Peter goes along those same lines, teaching us about how we need to focus on our individual personal faith in God through Jesus Christ. We come back, we'll read the first few verses again just to set the, the uh, stage, so to speak, and bring the continuity there. And then we'll really focus on verses 5 through 11. And I just read those last time by way of introduction to this particular study tonight or today. And uh, so we begin with verse, verse 1. Peter immediately identifies himself. And this would be Simon Peter, the divinely appointed apostle of Jesus Christ by Jesus Christ. He would be one of the 12 who would travel with Jesus repeatedly and continually during his public ministry while Jesus was here on this earth. He is now one of the apostles reaching out with the gospel message of salvation to people far and near, helping people come to Christ, probably helping establish some congregations along the way. Now, Simon Peter, a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, and it's interesting that he identifies himself as a bondservant of Christ, and basically boiled down, he's calling himself or identifying himself as a slave of Christ, but there's no negative connotation there. He's simply saying, I have given my life to Christ. I, my life belongs to him. The Apostle Paul expressed this same kind of understanding personally when he wrote in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. There's no idea here of of bondage in the sense that someone buys someone or someone takes over someone and forces them into a position of servitude. That's not what they're talking about at all. This is voluntary. They recognize that they need to be walking with their Lord. They need to be serving him regularly, daily, throughout the rest of their lives because he's, God's blessing them through that relationship in Christ. And so he identifies himself as a bondservant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith. So he's writing this again to Christians, those who have become followers of Christ, with us by, by righteousness of our God 
by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. If we want to know where we can obtain, in what kind of setting in life we can obtain the greatest degree of grace and peace, it is in Christ. It is in the life of a Christian walking with God through Jesus Christ as we live as we live out our physical lives on this, world, on this earth. So grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And again, we're talking about how Peter says, God has already provided what here? all things that pertain to life and godliness. God has given us through his word, because he says, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, God has already provided us through his word, through the scriptures, through the Bible, all the knowledge that we need to be able to come to him through Jesus Christ and find the peace and the hope and the ultimate fulfillment of all of the promises and blessings that are laid out for us in in his word, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Those are the blessings, the ultimate promises that will eventually be fulfilled in eternity, but also the promises that are laid out for us right now as Christians. We talked about how the Apostle Paul wrote about that in Ephesians chapter 1 in verse 3, that We have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. And so the Christian receives unique and special blessings from God by virtue of his being a Christian. We're walking with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these You may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Now, what is that corruption that is in the world? Sin. Sin. When you look at 1 John chapter 2, beginning with verse 15, John encourages, instructs, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. We cannot walk a worldly, sinful life and still be walking with God in faithfulness at the same time. John goes on in verse 16, and he says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So, Coming back to 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, the ultimate fulfillment of these would be a home in heaven for all of eternity, eternal life with God, Christ, and the Holy Spirit, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. The corruption, the sinfulness, the being condemned in our sin. Through Christ, as we're baptized into him, 
buried with him in the waters of baptism, immersed. The blood that he shed on the cross cleanses us of the guilt of our sins. And I believe we're to understand that as Peter, Peter, the same penman who wrote 2 Peter and 1 Peter, on Pentecost when he was asked by many of the Jews on that day, what shall we do in response to the gospel message that Peter and the other apostles had been proclaiming to them, Peter responded and said, repent and let every one of you be baptized and wash away. I'm sorry, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If I understand correctly, in the Greek, that, that term remission and that thought of being forgiven of our sins that we might receive the remission of sins, the idea there is completely blotted out. And that is the understanding that we have repeatedly in the scriptures. When God forgives, there is no more record of that sin. And so escape the corruption that is in the world through lust being forgiven completely of the sins of our past life. No more record of those having been blotted out. Now moving into verse 5 and 6. But also for this very reason, giving all diligence, all diligence. Diligence is an active word, a strong word. It's not just going through the motions. It's not a surface level kind of commitment and dedication to some particular task but it is absolutely active, focused, diligent, giving all diligence. Giving all diligence to what? Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. Well, these are characteristics of Christianity, characteristics that each person who becomes a Christian, having been baptized into Christ for the remission of their sins, cleansed of the guilt of their sins, Acts 22 and verse 16, when that happens, we are reborn spiritually, as Jesus says must happen for us to enter the kingdom of heaven. That is eternal life in heaven itself. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Except a man be born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. And the Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. To those who are in Christ, you have been made new or you're a new creation. And so redone in a sense from a spiritual perspective. Now physically, we look just the same. If we had freckles before we were baptized into Christ, before we were born again through that act of surrender and obedience, before we were forgiven of our sins, well, we still got freckles. If we were physically uh, handicapped in some way, such as maybe we only we had we had lost a limb somewhere along the line for, through an accident, or maybe through some illness that required that a limb be taken off of our physical bodies, or maybe we had been born 
with some kind of physical impediment? Well, those things are still there physically, but spiritually we have been made new. We have been reborn. And that's the real focus that we ought to have in our lives. And so Peter is saying here, you need to really focus on developing your faith. It's not enough to just come out of the starting gate and say, okay, I had enough faith to become a Christian now. And then we don't give any more attention to developing our faith, to growing it stronger and stronger. No, he says, give all diligence. You have been forgiven of your sins. You have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Verse 4, now for that very reason, he says, giving all diligence, add to your faith. The devil's going to start hitting you once you become a Christian. Some people, we wonder sometimes, why does it seem like evil people prosper and people who are trying to live a godly, faithful life, they keep struggling? Well, the devil doesn't have to work very hard on the person who's living in evil, who's living in wickedness and sinfulness on an ongoing basis. He's got them already. But when a person turns away from that lifestyle of sin and comes to God through Christ and is forgiven of his sins and he's reborn spiritually, boy, the devil's going to start working on that person. He's going to try to pull him back. So for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Now, start developing your faith. When a person first becomes a Christian, as I alluded, it's like he's coming out of the starting block to that new life. But that's just the beginning. Now he needs to develop that Christian lifestyle. And faith is central, foundational to doing that. So add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? Well, virtue is, if we wanted to really put it in the most, most meaningful kind of understanding, is godliness, goodness, righteousness. We need to, to, to focus on living that righteous, godly life. But then add to virtue knowledge. Well, how can a person know how to live a faithful and productive Christian life without getting into God's word where the knowledge of what that means is communicated to us continually and thoroughly. So we need to keep, keep staying in God's word. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, the King James Version, I like that particular translation in this particular verse, it begins with his statement, study to show yourself approved unto God. Other translations say be diligent. And when we're looking at what Peter is writing here, when he says giving all diligence, well, we can click into that, can't we? That understanding. Be diligent, Paul says, to present yourself approved unto God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or handling correctly the word of truth. And he's talking about God's word. So, When we become a Christian, we've learned enough, our faith is developed enough to know that we need to surrender to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through repentance and baptism into him for the remission of our sins. Now we need to be diligent in continuing to grow in our faith and develop it. We need to stay in God's word. 
We had to be in God's word to learn how to become a Christian, how to be forgiven, how to come into Christ. And now we need to keep staying in God's word so we know better and better how to live that Christian life and how to serve our Lord in our, through our faithfulness and our, our dedication to him. So add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control. As we learn more and more what, God, what God's will is for us in living our Christian life on an individual, personal basis, we're going to learn more and more about self-control. Now, some people will say, oh, I, I, I just, I couldn't control myself. Well, you've got a problem then. Because if you're that impetuous, you don't have control over your actions, whatever they might be. Maybe it's words that you blurt out that later you suffer for. Or maybe it's you got into something that you should not have been doing. But when we add to our faith, now where does faith come from again? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. What did Paul say? Study to show yourself approved unto God a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing or handling correctly the word of truth, God's word. We need to add to our faith virtue. We need to keep virtue and to virtue knowledge. We need to keep learning more and more from God's word. It's a never-ending process and exercise. Paul also said that physical exercise profits little. He wasn't putting that down. But he said, godliness helps us in this life and also in the life to come. So if you want to think of it from this perspective, that as we continue to study God's word on a diligent way, in a diligent way, that that's a spiritual exercise. And we're growing in our spiritual knowledge and spiritual strength, which is our faith. So add to knowledge, self-control. I need to have myself under control. I need to, if, I, if I've got a problem with being too impetuous, kind of flying off the handle, doing things before I think things through carefully enough, then I need to be praying about that to God, that he will please, please help me to exercise, to learn how, and then to exercise better self-control. You know, again, the Apostle Paul, he talked about how we need to walk circumspectly. I really like that word. It's not a word that we use very commonly in our language, but the idea is super carefully. Thinking ahead of time before we take that next step or that next action, what is that going to produce? What is that going to lead to? What are going to be the consequences of my doing that, or maybe in some cases my saying whatever it is I'm contemplating saying. So add to our knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, perseverance, patience in other words, dogged, patient perseverance, continued perseverance and patience, keeping on, keeping on. Jesus said in Luke chapter 21 in verse 19, in your patience, possess your souls. Christianity is not a, is, is not a, a sprint. We really hit it hard for a few days or a couple of years and then we're, we're done. No, Christianity is a marathon. 
we live the life of Christianity, we run that race all the way to the end of our physical lives and we face eternity with our Lord and Savior in heaven. When Paul was facing what appears to be imminent execution in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I have run the race. I finished, I finished the course. Let me read that exactly because it really relates well to what we're talking about here. 2 Timothy chapter 4, and he says in verse 6, I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. He's talking about death, physical death. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And so, same kind of allusion or understanding here. Add to my knowledge, self-control, and the more I learn from God's word, the better I will be able to develop and exercise self-control and add to self-control perseverance or patience. Patience. Again, dogged stick to a commitment to see it through all the way to the end. We look in, in, first, in, we look in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11, and here we read, But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Similar to what Peter is talking about here in verses 5 through 7 of Second Peter chapter 1. Develop these Christian traits or characteristics. Patience, perseverance. That is truly key to our growing in our faith and becoming stronger spiritual Having, uh, growing stronger spiritual lives and becoming stronger as a Christian. To perseverance, godliness. Godliness, similar to virtue, but living by God's teachings, by his word, striving to always condition our thinking, our natural response in any given situation to any given circumstance to almost automatically respond in a godly way rather than in just some knee-jerk fashion. And you see, a number of these Christian characteristics, they really blend together and overlap with each other. So to perseverance, godliness. To godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, love. And really, brotherly kindness and love, well, they're pretty parallel again. We need to recognize that to brotherly kindness, well, isn't that showing love? A degree of love for somebody else, and particularly for my brothers and sisters in Christ. We look at uh, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10, and here the Apostle Paul says, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We need to think about how we can help people whom we find in a position of need to be helped. Now, we're not talking about somebody who is trying to take advantage 
of other people's good nature. We're not talking about somebody who won't try to help themselves. They just want to live off of other people. They're moochers, so to speak. We're talking about people who are genuinely in need, whom we have the opportunity and the ability to help, and for whom it would be proper. It would be proper to help them. And especially our brothers and sisters in Christ who might find themselves at times in need of being helped. When we look at Galatians chapter 6 again and verse 1, Paul writes, Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, now he's talking about Christians here, a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. We really need to pay attention to if we have a brother, sister in Christ who needs spiritual help. He goes on in verse 1 and he says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now the Greek that is translated there, burdens, is a word that indicates it's an overwhelming burden. It's something the individual at that particular moment in time in his life cannot bear by themselves. They cannot see their way through that on their own. And so he says, that's your brother or sister in Christ. Help them with that particular burden that they cannot bear on their own at this particular time. Now later on, in, in, uh, in, in verse uh, 4, he goes on and says, let each one examine his own work, and then he will have he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. Now you might find in some translations the word that is translated there, load, as burden. But it's a different Greek word, and it's the understanding of the kind of the natural burdens or obstacles or challenges that face us on just a common basis every day in our lives. Well, we need to take care of those ourselves. Again, if I have the ability to work a job, I need to work that job to, to earn my living. I don't need to be mooching off of other people, expecting them to take care of me when I'm not doing what I could be doing and should be doing to take care of myself and that I have the opportunity to be doing. Well, great, great listing of Christian characters here. We'll move on to verse 8 next time. And I pray and I hope that this has helped you this, at this point in our study. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for blessing us with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ dying on that cross for us to pay the price for the guilt of our sins, to offer us the opportunity of an eternal home with you in heaven as we come to you through him, baptized into him for the remission of our sins, reborn spiritually and made new. Thank you for giving us in your word the guidelines, your will for our lives, so that we can see this is something that you will help us with to live this new life in Christ and that we can do it. Help people see that reality and embrace it, Father, and come to you in obedience through Jesus Christ, we pray. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and we pray in Jesus' name, amen.